Our scripture reading this morning is from Exodus 33, verse 7 through 23. Now Moses used to make, take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up, and each would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship, each at his tent door. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, Please show me now your ways, that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said to him, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us, so that we are distinct? I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing that you have spoken I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, Please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock, and while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. You guys may be seated. As you find your seats, let's pray together. Our Father and our God, we come to you this morning as your people gathered in the name of your son, Jesus. Coming in his name, we come trusting and believing that you hear our prayers, that you receive them, that you answer them. Lord, this morning we are very aware that we need to see you. And by see you, we mean that we would know you as you really are. Lord, would you cause us to know you as the creator the giver of life, the sustainer of all life. The just and righteous judge of all. 
the gracious and merciful God of redemption, the one who provided salvation for his people, the one who has taken away our guilt and our sin and given life and reconciliation and peace and hope. God, would you cause us to bask in you? Lord, this morning we confess that often we don't approach you to know you, but we approach you for your benefits alone. We confess that often we treat you like a genie, just wanting you to grant our wishes. We confess that often we treat you, frankly, like the other false gods of the world, just wanting you to make our existence a little better and a little easier. And we settle for all of that rather than saying, Lord, I want to know you. I want to be changed by you. I want to stand in your presence and be restored and renewed and made new and changed. So Lord, my prayer for myself this morning and for all of your people gathered here is that you would show us who you are and you would change us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. It's really good to see all of you this morning. If you have not done so already, please take your Bibles and turn over to the book of Exodus chapter 33, where Sarah just read for us. Um, we are working our way through um, the book of Exodus together, and um, today we come to this passage where Moses is approaching God and asking God to show him a few things. And so this sermon is entitled, What Now? And that's a very uncreative way to say we're in the middle of a story. And it's a story that, that really does, I think, if you were walking through it and didn't know the end from the beginning, would really leave Moses and really leave the people of Israel, and if we were a part of, of this unfolding, would leave us wondering, what now? Because here's what's taken place. First of all, God's people, Israel, are in slavery in Egypt, and God has delivered them, saved them, destroyed their enemies. He's now moved them out into a wilderness. In the wilderness, he's met with them. He's given them his word. He's given them his covenant. He's given them his promises. Moses has gone up on the mountain to receive the law. Moses, while there, while on that mountain a second time, has been given by God a vision, 
a word instruction to build God's dwelling place among his people. The one true God who is a deliverer is also going to dwell among his people in a tabernacle. And then as Moses is coming down the mountain with the written covenant in his hands, he finds the people worshiping another God or worshiping a false representation of the one true God, violating the very word that God had given them. And so Moses has literally broken the tablets, symbolizing the people's breaking of their covenant with the Lord. And so this leads us to the question, what now? How will this unfold for us going forward? And what we're going to see in here in this passage today is a very important and also a bit unique reality. We see Moses in interacting with God. And we see Moses asking God to do two things. Show me your ways. Show me what you're going to do. And show me yourself. Show me your glory. And the Lord is going to answer both of these requests for Moses in a way that gives hope to the people and in a way that changes and shapes and gives faith and life and hope to Moses. So let's look at these two realities together and and ask the question, what is the Lord showing us from this? So if you want to take notes this morning, the first point, defining the relationship. Where are we? What is currently our relationship? particularly in light of the events that just unfolded. So as I said, the Lord was speaking with Moses on the mountain and had given him the two tablets of the Ten Words or the Ten Commandments. He wrote them in his own finger. And as this was happening at the bottom of the mountain, the people were committing rebellion against God by building a golden calf and by saying, this golden calf is your God. And in light of that, Moses breaks the tablets before the people, and then the Lord says this. This is in chapter 33, beginning in verse 1. 
The Lord said to Moses, Depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying to your offspring, I will give it. So God says, we're going to go. We're going to go forward. We're going to the land. Verse 2, I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. So the Lord says, we're going to go, and it's going to be successful. Verse 3, go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but... I will not go up among you, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. So God has said, we're going to go. My messenger is going to go before you, but I will not be in your midst. This is a reality and a consequence of this rebellion and God's holiness and God's hatred for rebellion. But this leaves Moses and the people with this question, where are we now? What does this mean for the future? What does this mean for the covenant? What does this mean for the working of God among his people? Moses wants to know. And so Moses takes this question of where are we to the Lord? Moses takes this question of where are we to the Lord. And in this space and in this time, the question of the Lord came through Moses meeting with the Lord. So we're told in verses 7 through 11 that at this time, Moses made a tent outside the camp, far off from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. That's, that's verse 7. Now it's important that we understand some words here, Okay. This is telling us that Moses met with the Lord at a tent outside the camp, and the tent was called the tent of meeting. I find great comfort in the fact that the Old Testament is about as uncreative as we here at Redeemer are. Do you know what they did in the tent of meeting? They met Moses with God, okay? But this is not the tent of meeting, Because remember, Moses was on the mountain, and on the mountain, God was giving Moses a vision for the tabernacle. The word tabernacle just means the place of meeting. So this is not the tabernacle. This is not the ultimate tent of meeting. The tabernacle, the tent of meeting, the vision that God was giving Moses on the mountain when the rebellion occurred was going to be a a, literal place of meeting in the middle of the people 
celebrating and displaying God's presence in and among them. But this was not that. This tent symbolizes something different. It was outside the camp. It was not among the people. The Lord met with Moses and Moses alone. And this tent was for communication between Moses and God. So now this is a really important point for us to see here. The passage tells us that Moses would go out to the tent. That's verse 8. And when he entered the tent, verse 9, the cloud which symbolized the presence of God would descend at the entrance of the tent. And in the tent, the Lord would speak with Moses. And the people knew this was what was going on, verse 10, because they would rise and worship from afar when Moses was in the tent and the Lord was meeting with Moses in the tent. And the Lord would speak, verse 11, face to face to Moses as a man speaks to his friend. So, we're, so, so get this. Where are we? Well, currently... The Lord is not dwelling in the midst of his people, but he hasn't given up on his people. The Lord is not dwelling in the midst of his people, but he hasn't forsaken his people. He still is with them. He still is in the midst of, not in the midst of them. He is still for them. He is still working for them. He is still communicating to them through Moses. So Moses is taking his questions to the Lord, to the tent, in their meetings. So, God, so Moses comes to the Lord with a question. And this is in verses 12 through 15. And the question is this. I'm sorry, 12 through 16. The question is this. Where are we? Where are we? Help me understand. So in verse 12, Moses says to the Lord, You say to me, bring up this people... Take them to the land, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. So Moses asked, verse 13, now therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. So here's the question. Lord, how are we going forward? And Lord, would you, would you show me? And if I found favor in your sight, Lord, let's, too, remember that not just I am your people, but these people are your people. Moses continues, verse 15. 
If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? You hear what Moses is saying? He's saying, Lord, what we need is your presence. It's your presence that sets us apart. It's your presence that makes us different from all the other nations. We are your people, the people of your hand, the people of your deliverance. So the question really is this, Lord, are you going to go with us? Are you going to go with us? Us. And the answer is yes. Verse 17. And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing that you have spoken, I will do. For you have found favor in my sight. And I know you by name. So where are we? The Lord says, you're going to go. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to be among you. And my favor will be upon you. What about the rebellion? The Lord knows the rebellion. And the Lord will continue in his covenant with his people. The Lord will continue to carry out his ways for his people. Even in the failings of Israel, God will continue to carry out his gracious ways toward them and for them and through them. Moses goes to the Lord and says, Lord, will you show me your ways? Will you show me where we stand? Will you show me where we are going? Will you help me? Now, let's just pause there for a moment, friends. Sometimes there's a simple connection from the scripture that we must make. There's a commendable action here from Moses and the people. Let's take our questions about the Lord and about his ways and about his purposes to him. Let's take them to him. 
So you might say, okay, Jamie, well, what does that look like today in the here and now? Well, we don't have to go to a tent outside of a camp. We approach the Lord through his son and through his word. The Lord has spoken much of his ways and much of his covenant and much of his goodness and much of his direction to us through his word. Second Timothy chapter 3 tells us that everything we need for a life of godliness has been revealed for us in his word. So people of God, like, let's have this teachable, malleable, humble disposition to go to the Lord and to his word with our questions and our doubts and our fears and our unbelief and our hopes and our dreams. Let's let his word shape all of that. Let's let him tell us what we need. Let's let him tell us what the church needs. Let's let him tell us what the world needs. And let's receive his answers. We also can speak personally to the Lord and say, Lord, show me your ways. Now also we can believe that what he will show us will not be contrary to his word, but he will guide us and teach us and help us and lead us. This is a crisis of crises. And Moses goes and meets with the Lord and says, show me your ways. And second, he says, show me your Self. Show me your self. And that leads to the second point. Know the Lord. And this is in verses 18 through 23. In verse 17, Moses said, The very thing, God said, The thing you've spoken, I will do. You found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. And so Moses said, Please show me your glory. Please show me your glory. What's Moses asking for? The glory of God is his power, his wisdom, his worthiness, that which is worthy of honor and worship in him. It's his character. It's who he really is. When, when Moses says, Lord, show me your glory, what he's saying is let me see you and know more of you. Lord, I, I, you, you've said you're with me. You said I found favor in your sight. You've said you know me by name. You've said you'll go with us then show me yourself, Lord. Let me know more of who you are. And so in verse 19, God says, I will make all my goodness pass before you 
and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. So here's what the Lord says to Moses. He says, all right, listen, I can't give you the full unhindered exposure of who I am because no man can handle that. It will destroy you. Unless all your sin is purged off and you are completely whole. And so this full vision of who God is is not for this world. It's for the one to come. So the Lord could then say, therefore, I can't show you my glory. But that's not what he says. He says, I will still reveal myself to you. I will show you my character. I will show you my goodness. I will show you my mercy and my grace. And so don't miss this, guys. The Lord says, I can't show you the unhindered glory of who I am, but I will show you who I am. And in doing so, I will show you the peace of who I am that you most need to see right now. Here's the question for Israel. Not is God just. They know that he is. Not as he filled with wrath against sin, they know that he is. The question for them at this moment is, is there space for mercy? Is there space for grace? Because we've transgressed the covenant. We made a mockery of God. And so God says to Moses, I'm going to show you my goodness, my grace, and my mercy. You're going to see that my character includes grace and mercy and goodness. Right down to this. I will be gracious. I will show mercy. To whom I will be gracious and to whom I will show mercy. What the Lord is revealing about himself is this. I am a merciful and gracious God. But the dispensing of mercy and grace is mine to do. Not yours to demand. I'm a merciful and gracious God. But the dispensing thereof is mine to do. So the Lord, Moses says, show me yourself. And the Lord shows him. I'm a gracious and merciful God. Dispensing grace and mercy to whom I will dispense grace and mercy. And then what verses 21 through 23 tell us is God makes provision for this limited revelation of himself. And, and we, we get one of these many passages in the Old Testament where God speaks in anthropomorphic language as, as if he were a man. 
as a way to help us understand. And he says, I'm going to literally put you in a rock, in the cleft of a rock, meaning like in a nook, cranny, and I'm going to cover you with my hand and I will pass by because you can't see the fullness of my face. But once I pass by, I will remove my hand and let you see the back of me. And so what what God is revealing to Moses is he hears his cry to see his glory and he says, I will show you my glory. I will make provision for a sinful human like you to see my glory and not be destroyed. Now, verse chapter 34, which is next week's sermon passage, is going to show us this event unfold. So we're going to talk more about this event and what it did to Moses next week. But for today, let's notice that Moses cried out to the Lord, I need to know more of who you are. And the Lord heard that cry and revealed to Moses his saving, merciful, gracious, good character as a way to fuel and empower him to lead God's people forward. Now, a few thoughts before we move forward. Number one, in verse 18, when Moses says, please show me your glory, it is not as if Moses and the people have zero knowledge of God's glory. This isn't, I am in the darkness and I want to see the light for the first time kind of moment. Remember, on the Passover, what did they see? His glorious power. In the plagues, what did they see? His glorious power. In the parting of the sea, what did they see? His glorious power. In the pillar of Cloud by day and fire by night, what did they see? His glorious power. In the speaking of the ten words, what did they see and hear but his glorious power? And what Moses is saying is, Lord, I need you and your glorious power and your glorious presence in this moment. Now, that pushes us here friends often what we need more than an answer and even more than 
circumstantial intervention is to experience and know the presence of God with us. He's the giver of mercy and of grace and of peace and of hope, but it's found in Him. So what we've been told in the New Testament is that God has fully revealed His glory in the face of His Son, Jesus. And that now, His Son, Jesus, lived and died and rose again to make His mercy and His grace forever revealed to us. And His Son, Jesus, has sent His Spirit to dwell in us that we would know the presence of God with us. So friends, that spirit has been given to us that we would know God and know his power and know his wisdom and know his worthiness and know his glory. So have we come to the place where we realize what we need is God's guidance and God's presence above all else? That's where Moses leads us in this passage. So friends... All who are gathered here today. The question sits before us. Lord, help me know you. The only way to know the Lord is through his son, Jesus. So how do we respond to Christ? And if we are people of faith, people who believe, people who cling to Christ, let us continually run to him and cry out, help me know the Lord. Not just know in my head, but to experience his love and mercy and compassion and presence as I navigate this world. So what now? What now? Take the questions, what are you doing, O Lord, to the Lord, and accept his answer. And yearn for experiencing the presence and the power of the Lord through His Son, through His Spirit, through His church, through His Word, and through His work in the world in a way that would cause us to rest in and delight in God. Even more than the benefits that we might know from walking with
Now, next week, we're going to get into the detail of exactly what this leaning into the Lord did with Moses. And it will shed some more tangible fruit for us in our lives. This passage is more of a posture of the heart toward go to the Lord and ask to know the Lord. Go to the Lord and seek to know the Lord.